you'd remain standing for our scripture reading, which comes from Deuteronomy chapter 26, verses 1 through 11. Once you have entered the land, the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, and you take possession of it and are settled there. Take some of the early produce of the fertile ground that you have harvested from the land the Lord your God is giving you and put it in a basket. Then go to the location the Lord your God selects for his name to reside. Go to the priest who is in office at that time and say to him, I am declaring right now before the Lord my God that I have indeed arrived in the land the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. The priest will then take the basket from you and place it before the Lord your God's altar. Then you should solemnly state before the Lord your God. My father was an our man. He went down to Egypt, living as an immigrant there with a few family members, but that is where he became a great nation, mighty and numerous. The Egyptians treated us terribly, oppressing us and forcing hard labor on us. So we cried out for help to the Lord, our ancestors, God. The Lord heard our call. God saw our misery, our trouble, and our oppression. The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a strong hand and an outstretched arm, with awesome power and with signs and wonders. He brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land full of milk and honey. So now I am bringing the early produce of the fertile ground that you, Lord, have given me. Set the produce before the Lord your God, bowing down before the Lord your God. Then celebrate all the good things the Lord your God has done for you and your family, each one of you, along with the Levites and the immigrants who are among you. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. If I can invite you to be seated, please. I want to begin this morning by uh, thanking you for your generosity once again this year as we collected items for the Parkview Thanksgiving boxes the past few weeks. Uh, We collected all of the items we needed, and so last Sunday during the Sunday school hour, the youth helped to box 160 cans of green beans, 80 boxes of macaroni and cheese, uh, 40, packet, 40 cans of cranberry sauce, 80 packets of gravy, and 80 boxes of stuffing. We also went to Albertsons and purchased 40 tubs of Cool Whip and 40 tubs of pre-made cookie dough. I have to admit it's one of my favorite times to go shopping. One, because of the company. It's a lot of fun. But then I also appreciate the checkout person every year looking at the Cool Whip and going, why do you need so much Cool Whip? <clears throat> And then usually when we explain it, they, you know, of course, really think it's neat. But uh, I also want to thank you for your continued generosity on Christmas Eve and our Christmas Eve offering in prior years. As you all know, one half of our Christmas Eve offering goes to our ministry with Parkview Elementary School. And so we've used the funds to buy gift cards for teachers to go buy food on their own. Like last year, we did that with Taco Box because we couldn't take food in. Uh, We've provided lunches in the school. We've bought pencils. We've bought erasers. We've bought bracelets. We've bought other things and we've also used part of the funds each year that carry over into the following fall to purchase the ham and the pumpkin pies for Parkview and so Foxy's uh, one of our local businesses orders these hams and pies for us and they sell them to the church at their cost and so I was very grateful this year uh, for our Parkview funds and our generosity in prior years because this year the hams and pies cost $650 more than they did last year. So it went from $1,200 roughly to 1850 
And so I want to say thank you to all of you. Uh, last Monday, I delivered the items, and it's always an honor and a privilege to go to Parkview to represent the church in our community. And so um, this year, I was just reminded, I'm reminded every year, but you know, just what a blessing it is for us to be able to do this and to be able to in partnership with Parkview Elementary School. And so thank you, all of you who participated, for, um, and then also for uh, your, your contributions on Christmas Eve. You know, it's what enables us to be in ministry year-round with Parkview Elementary School. So this morning I want to uh, begin by taking some time. You know, we've, we've read a passage from the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy. Um, and, and actually it's appropriate. Katie and I have been doing a, a version app. You know, version's the Bible app that you can use on your phone or your iPod, or it's on the computer as well, uversion.com. And, and there are different devotionals that you can be a part of. There's Bible reading plans. There's other things. And so we've been doing a reading through the Bible that I think this morning, are we on day 70, something like that? Have you read it yet today? Not yet? Okay. So I read it. I read it in the morning, and she reads it at night. And so um, I think we're on day 70, and so this means that, that we've read Genesis and Exodus, we've read Leviticus, we've read Numbers, and now we're in Deuteronomy. And actually today, I think, is our last day of Deuteronomy, because I read this morning that Moses had died, so it'd be the last day. And so as I've been reading Deuteronomy, one of the things that has struck me and has jumped out at me as I've been reading this book of the Bible, because it's one that we don't often focus on as much, is the book of Deuteronomy, if you read it, so much of it is devoted to God getting organized. And I'm not saying that God himself is not organized, but it's God communicating through Moses to get the people organized about how they're to enter the land of Canaan, what they're to be doing, how they're to act, how they're to be prepared to offer their thanks and to do everything else. And so they're getting organized. And so if you remember in this time in the book of Deuteronomy, the people of Israel have, have left Egypt and they're preparing to enter the land of Canaan. They've wandered the, the desert, the wilderness for 40 years and now God is getting them organized. Not that God hasn't had them organized before. You know, if you read in, in portions of the book of, of Deuteronomy, it, it instructs the people how they're to camp. You know, around the tabernacle, you see the tabernacle there in the middle and the, the Holy of Holies where the Ark of the Covenant is. And, and it, it's very specific in the scriptures as to where each tribe is to position their camp in a specific order, you know, arrayed outward, kind of like a Zia symbol, outward, you know, in, in four directions, like north, south, east, west. And now God has taken this organization and he's taking it the next step where he's instructing the people of Israel through Moses how the land is to be divided, where each tribe is to reside. God instructs how they are to hold one another accountable. He instructs how they are to, to offer sacrifice and to receive forgiveness. He instructs what festivals they are to celebrate and the ways that they are to offer their thanks to him. And so that's something that we're looking at today, is that one feast or festival that the God instructed the, the people of Israel to, to celebrate was the Festival of Booths or Succoth. And this Festival of Booths is, is one that, that was um, designed by God, and we see the beginning of it in Deuteronomy 26, and then we also read about it in other portions of the Scriptures, where God instructs the people of Israel how they're to be thankful, and how they're to give God, give Himself thanks for what was provided, not just occasionally, but each year. 
And so in Leviticus 23, starting with verse 33, the Lord says to Moses, say to the Israelites, and here's how God defines and instructs what's going to happen. The festival of booths to the Lord will start on the 15th day of the seventh month and will last for seven days. The first day is a holy occasion. You must not do any job-related work. For seven days you will offer food gifts to the Lord. On the eighth day you will have a holy occasion and must offer a food gift to the Lord. It's a holiday. You must not do any job-related work. Note that on the 15th day of the seventh month, when you have gathered the land's crops, you will celebrate the Lord's festival for seven days. The first day and the eighth days are special days of rest. On the first day, you must take fruit from majestic trees, palm branches, branches of leafy trees, and willows of the streams, and rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. You will celebrate this festival to the Lord for seven days each year, and this is a permanent rule throughout your future generations. You will celebrate it in the seventh month. For seven days you must live in huts. Every citizen of Israel must live in huts so that your future generations will know that I made the Israelites live in huts when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So God's pretty specific, isn't he, in instructing to the people of Israel what they're to do and how they're to offer their thanks. And then he reminds them the reason they are going to do this is because he is the Lord their God. And so in our scripture this morning, this morning our scripture reading, God incorporates uh, acts of gratitude and thanks. Even when the people of Israel enter the land of Canaan, doesn't he? In Deuteronomy 26, the people haven't entered yet. They're on the outside of the land of Canaan. They haven't crossed the Jordan River yet. They're preparing. Moses is getting them prepared. And God is saying that gratitude is going to be such a part of who you are that you're even going to give me thanks for the crops that you harvest that you didn't even put into the ground. They're to be offering thanksgiving to God for harvesting olives off trees that they have not nurtured or grapes off of vines that they have not pruned or, or wheat from fields that, that they haven't planted. Isn't what God essentially saying to the people of Israel is that they needed to give thanks for the bounty that had been provided to them even as they entered the land and had not yet had time to toil that land? Yet a harvest remained. They were to celebrate all the good things the Lord your God has done for you and your family. They were to be grateful for that which they had worked to receive, but also to be grateful for that which they had not had to work to be received. It made me think when Mindy and I lived in Baltimore, one of the highlights each year was uh, each fall we'd drive into Maryland, or drive from Maryland into Pennsylvania. And we would often go to Lancaster County, you know, which is where a lot of the Amish reside and the Amish community. And, uh, and it was always a neat experience going out there to see crops being harvested, especially in the fall. And being, you know, being harvested in, in horse-drawn ways, you know, where they're pulling the implements and harvesting uh, crops. Uh, farmers were, were moving their, their harvest with pitchforks and grain scoops instead of augers and conveyor belts. And we would always stop and buy apples and apple butter that I don't think has ever tasted so good. Um, and I remember one year, a really special thing, Mindy and I were, uh, we decided to play miniature golf. And you want to know what the weirdest sensation is when you're lining up to putt to play miniature golf and then you hear the clip-clop of a horse pulling one of these buggies on the roadway next to you. Um, 
But, you know, it, it was always, you go, and, and it's such a time to give thanks. And it's such a time and a reminder for us to give thanks in this time of year as we are preparing in our own way for Thanksgiving this week. Because today is the perfect day for us to pause and to thank God for the yield in our lives. I don't know about you, but if you think about the things that we often focus on, what are the things that we often focus on? I think it's really easy for us to fo- often focus on the shortfalls or the uncertainties or, or the negatives and, and rather than focusing on, on the ways that, that God has been good in our lives and the way that others have been good in our lives. Because God has given us so much. And friends, it's so easy for us to overlook it, to take it for granted, or to just not take the time to say thank you. So here's some areas that I'm wondering that we might ask for ourselves today of how can I be thankful this last year? What in our lives by God's grace has been safely gathered in and sheltered from the storms of life? What relationships have been restored? What else can I give God thanks today that I might not normally thank Him for? You know, for some of us, The answers to these questions might be uh, shouts of joy and shouts of celebration. For others, that may not necessarily be where we're at today. But like we were reminded last week when we looked at the story of Job, in whatever place we are in, we're reminded that God is with us and we can draw our, our strength and encouragement from wherever we are. And we can draw strength and encouragement from God even when we can't draw strength and encouragement from anything else. And so the Scriptures remind us today that that giving thanks means remembering that God is the source of all things. And in our Scriptures that we've read this morning, Israel was, was told to remember. Remember who you are. Remember whose you are. Remember that God has provided for you because God is faithful and that's part of who God is. Is because God provides for us. It's not us. And so giving thanks is not always something that we do naturally. But giving thanks is what helps us to remember that that we're stewards of the life that God has given us and of the things that God has provided to us. Part of being thankful is remembering that that we're not in charge and being reminded that God is in charge. And so we need to give thanks. It's not in our human human nature to, to give God credit for all the good He does and for all He's doing. Our tendency is to to take credit on the good things, right? And then we put the bad things on God or on someone else or or others. You know, we don't want to be the ones responsible for, for things that have happened that are bad. But see, the Bible reminds us of something else. Is that God and God alone is the source of all we have. All that we are and all that is to come. And so it's our spiritual duty as Christians to grow, and to give God thanks as we share our blessings with others. And so we remember today that part of giving thanks 
is giving to others. We remember today that that part of giving thanks is, is acknowledging that which God has done for us. In fact, Psalm 24 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and they that dwell therein, reminding us that, that everything belongs to God and that everyone belongs to God. Meaning that all of us are loved. All of us have been created. And all of us are forgiven. In his own letters, Paul emphasizes to the church that The reason that we are able to be generous is because God Himself has been generous to us through Jesus Christ. And so as a Christian, a generosity of spirit is central to who we are. Not just appreciative to God, but appreciative to others. And so as I leave you this morning, I think the questions I want to leave or I've asked myself is, How do we often and earnestly say thank you to those in our lives who do ordinary things? Maybe it's our kids, maybe it's our family, maybe it's our spouse, maybe it's our our neighbor. And how can we take the time this week to thank someone for who they are and what they mean to us? We can be generous with our thanks. We can be generous with ourselves. We can be generous with the love and the kindness to others because God has been generous to us in the person of His Son, Jesus Christ. So friends, let us celebrate all the good things the Lord your God has done for you and for your family. Thanks be to God. Amen.